Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Professional wrestling, the era of the franchise, the era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. <laughs> I never meant to be so bad to you. One thing I said that I would never do. A look from you and I. There's a connection. Welcome to the stream. Menage Atois of violence you'll ever experience on the Extreme Three Way Dance. JT, Jenny, and Matt going through the history of Extreme Championship Wrestling every other Thursday on North South Connection. You can watch us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel there, or listen to this on any podcast app. The majority of our shows are simulcast, both audio and video, but we do have some exclusive content on each. So subscribe to both. And you'll never miss a thing. You also follow us on social media, and you can catch everything. Of course, here, we're going through all of ECW. We started in February 1994. We are in August of 1998, and or July, July, August 1998, mm-hmm. and hurtling toward Heatwave. That song that, was it Martha and the Vanillas sang about? Did they do Heatwave? Uh, I think that's right. I think it's Martha something. You mo- it's Martha something. Martha Wayne? It was Martha and the Vandellas. Wow. Correct. Look at that. Nice pull. Wow. It's a heat wave. Anyway, I'll talk about that in two weeks. Tonight, we're going to get to the build to it. We're going to start on July 25th, 1998, where Joey Styles is in the ring. I thought it was the 18th. Are we on the 18th? We are, in fact, on the 18th. July 18th, 1998. We start with the clips from the wild ending of last week's episode. We get our opening animation, and then Joey welcomes us into the nest where Bam Bam Bigelow is glaring into the camera. (laughs) Shane tells him to relax as Taz won't come from that direction. He says he has a great insurance policy. Just wait there. 
Shane has a larger brace on. Talks about how he wrestled hurt, and they almost had to cut his arm off. He worked injured, and now he's working as an analytical announcer, not telling jokes and messing around, but he can't do his job worrying about Taz coming in. So Bigelow is necessary to watch his back. Uh, any comments quickly on that little stuff? Oh, it was there? amazing. It was so great. I <laughs> love <one>. it. <laughs> the whole camera full of Bigelow is just, yeah. just so striking. And Shane just yucking it up, right? And all this fucking broke ass arm and shit. <laughs> just, uh, it's just, it's so dumb and great. Bam Bam, stand over there. Taz oh, there. never think to come from over there. It's, it's not going to come that way. <laughs> I love the Shane laugh. It just kills me. <laughs> All right. Our opening match is the Blue World Order. Nova and Meanie taking on Chris Candido and Lance Storm. Uh, Nova and Meanie dance out. Candido and Storm come out. They look like they're still teaming, even after dropping the belt. Come a long way with these guys. Uh, you know, a couple months ago, they couldn't stand each other. Shane is hyping Candido as the anchor of the triple threat. Storm says he wants to know who booked these matches against these guys in this building. He's a former champion. He's not going to work an opener against these bums in a building like this. This is the Calgary Pavilion, and it doesn't deserve his talent. The crowd is all over him. The match can occur without him, though. Meanie takes the mic and asks Storm where his belt is, and the crowd gets even more heated. Storm <laughs> takes a chair and sits at ringside and says he's going to watch the match. I am really liking Storm's new character. Oh, we can talk mm. more about it in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, Candido Nova ease in as the crowd chants for Taz. Nova keeps Candido off balance, sticking and moving. He frustrates him. Nova gets two on a clothesline, but he gets crotched, and Candido hammers away. He gets a top rope superplex for two, but he pulls him up. Our old two cold Scorpio special. Candido gets a delayed vertical suplex and a perfect middle rope leg drop. He picks up Nova again. Candido mashes him with a power bomb. Storm looks on from his seat as Candido goes up but misses a swan dive headbutt. Meanie gets a tag and comes in hot as Joey says Meanie has slimmed down. Meanie keeps battering Candido, but Candido pulls the ref in the way of an avalanche and he gets taken out. So Storm takes advantage, gets on the apron, hits Meanie with a chair, and Candido covers for the win. Uh, fun little match. I like the segment. Candido is so good. Bumping, mm -hmm. feeding, uh, his offense is elite uh, mm. just across the board. Storm's new personality is a big addition. I, I just Him being just like a, a, a snob, I guess, but also kind of a tough guy and backing it up has, has mm -hmm. been good. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, the BWO, perfect for this role. Everything clicked. The crowd was revved. I went two and three quarters, Jenny. That's a fun fun opener, and I, like, I love Storm's gimmick, and it played really well into this match. Uh, two and three quarters for me, too. Mm. I, my first note was like, wow, Stormy Candido – we're just champs and we're already like down to the BWO. Like it felt like mm -hmm. a huge demotion. Um, but it ended up being like super fun. Um, Nova is fun. I like Nova. I like watching Nova. They did some chain wrestling, Candido. I'm really just really entertaining. Great stuff uh, from both of them. The meanie being the, the heavy, but not quite as heavy apparently since he slimmed down. Um, it was just really perfect in this and was it was it on purpose were they fooling was Lance Storm you know is this part of his strategy did he really did they mean for him to be like this and to come in and fuck up the match with the chair or was that just what he did I don't know but I really liked it Matt yeah, I went two and a half on it. It's a good match. Uh, Meanie saying uh, Lancey Poo at the beginning mm -hmm. was uh, was uh, some, something uh, haunting my dreams. Uh, <laughs> and then him asking, where's your belts? I thought it, just being a douchebag, it just gave it a little, gave this match a little extra something. 
And I, I, I enjoyed it for that. Uh, like you said, JT Candido just busting his ass in this match, as he does in every match. But like mm-hmm. in this one, he just, especially considering he's working the entire match himself, like he just went off in this and he was great mm-hmm. during it. And I love Storm just sitting at ringside for the entire thing, match with his feet up on the apron, just perfect. I, My guess is that he kind of wanted to do that and it wasn't like a fixes in type of situation. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. But, but then he just couldn't resist. He wanted to get mm-hmm. a win. Right. So right. he's like, you know what? We're going to win this match and it's going to be right. because right. of me. You know, okay. I, that's, what I, that's what I took from that's it. That's kind of how I read it too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But it's it's a really fun uh, showcase for these two guys again as we continue yeah. the, the Storm Candido stuff. So a unique finish to a solid match. So two and a half for me. Fonzie's with the tag team champions, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. They're ranting about Heat Wave. RVD says he's built them up some big houses, and on this pay-per-view, he's going to defend the tag titles instead of the TV title. Last pay-per-view, defending the TV title wasn't all it's cracked up to be. He says they're going to defend my tag titles because they're world titles. He doesn't care where the challengers are from, Japan, England, Czechoslovakia, although they probably don't have wrestling there, or Vietnam. And Fonzie says, that's not a good one for you, Daddy. <laughs> RVD says he wasn't there in Vietnam, not even Kalamazoo. It doesn't matter. If RVD defended the TV title, no one would care about Sabu. So he's going to defend the tag titles instead. So people will care about Sabu. Uh, just amazing. <laughs> I don't know how we can keep putting praise on it. I mean, uh, we don't do these nearly the justice. So he's saying, no. like, RVD does his thing, like, these are all worth watching it's every so week. Good. Yes. Every week. We don't do it any justice. It's it's perfect. And Fonzie, the fucking Vietnam. Oh, God. <laughs> nah, that's not good for me, Daddy. We don't talk about that, Daddy. <laughs> uh, we go back a couple weeks for highlights of uh, Onita arriving in the arena to double-cross Tommy Dream and the Sandman and the brawl that ensued. We then go to New Jack. He's on a subway car and says, of course, here he is, not in a gym. He's getting ready for Jack Victory at Heat Wave 98. And if Victory wants trouble, he picked the right person. He messed with someone that'll set his ass on fire. Victory came out from under a rock to mess with him, and he'll take him to the extreme, show him what violence is all about. Victory can bring his bow-legged ass to the pay-per-view, and he'll take him to a new level of violence and beat the dog shit out of him. Victory started something he can't finish, and New Jack has the green light to go and do whatever he wants. Beat Victory to the ground. Victory will feel what it's like to stand at the end of an OG ass whipping. He's got a criminal record and a college degree, and he never gave a shit. And Victory can watch how he gets put down. Usually New Jack stuff, I think it was rambling a bit, but made his mm-hmm. point. Good hype. And I always mark out for using Bo Leggett as an insult. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the best, Matt. Right. Would you think of this uh, promo? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a unique uh, setting for it, too, with it being in the subway. I thought it was just an interesting visual to see him cutting this promo in the subway. You're right. He was kind of rambling by the end. He did seem like he kind of lost the thread a bit by the end there. But, I mean, he got his point across. And uh, Jack Vickery is going to die at uh, Heat Wave, I think. His bow-legged ass, as uh, (laughs) New Jack said, is going to die at Heat Wave. And I'm sure it's going to be very entertaining, Jenny. Yeah, like this... This is like a little mini feud within a feud type thing. It's kind of just mm-hmm. been like spots mostly with guitars uh, smashing each other in the head with things. Um, but this promo, I thought, really elevated that, you know, kind of made it a little bit more than what we've seen. Um, great. I thought it was really good stuff by him, even though it's rambling. It's kind of charming in his way because it's kind of great stuff that he's saying. He's just kind of freestyling. <laughs> um, so I was I was in and. I would like to see him beat some bow-legged ass. <laughs> it's such an underrated um, insult. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I got to use it more. Yeah, we got to incorporate that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, sitcom insults of all time from Eastbound and Down. Quoting the clip. <laughs> I think this is the one. We'll see. One sec. Oh, let's take it forever. 
Anyway, uh, one more second. Here we go. Let's see if this is it. Let's raise a glass, please, right here, to our, uh, our corporate friends from the island nation of Korea. We welcome you. We hope for many successful years of happiness and prosperity to Kia Motor Company. I'd also like to raise a glass to my beautiful wife, Donna. Thank you, my daughter. And her luxurious, sumptuous rack. Rack of food. And I'd like to raise a glass to myself, the leader of this flock. I work hard every day at getting this hair in check. Otherwise, I don't work much at all. To me. <laughs> don't lose all the Mammy makes the best dumplings in the world. Mammy's dumplings will make you come. Oh, come <laughs> I thought I raised you better than that girl. You did, man. I'm just all full of Fanta tonight. You're gonna be full of more than that. And keep talking. I don't know how long this is. Well, stop there. But anyway, <laughs> I think it might be the scene. I think it's the scene. But it's when uh, Kenny Powers leaves and he goes, "You get out of here, you bowleg son of a bitch!" And he says it so perfectly. <laughs> My favorite insult. Uh, hopefully, I just brought back these pounds down to your mind. That's my job. <laughs> Joey Shane and Francine talk Heat Wave 98 and the NAS New Jack versus Jack victory is official. All weapons will be legal in that match. I don't know that's different. We can cook some Masato Tanaka's arrival in ECW. And Joey reveals that Mike Awesome and Justin Credible will take on Jerry Lynn and Masato Tanaka this weekend at oh, the ECW Arena. Shit. As we cross those two feuds, Francine uses the camera to check out her outfit and her hair. Joey plugs the hotline, and that takes us to our opening match. And that is Masato Tanaka taking on... No. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No. Go on. Nothing. <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? I see. I want you to do it. <laughs> See, this is why you need to watch because if you don't watch, yes. you, you it's a great visual watch. gag, I think. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't get the whole thing, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And if it's the FBI, that means it's time for our Italian lesson of the week. This week's phrase is le came il culo. Le came il culo. Le came il culo. Uh, either of you, let's see if you've been paying attention over the weeks past. Remember what culo means. Maybe we could piece this one together ourselves. He sang a fantastic voyage, I think. Culo mm. <laughs> means... Um... I got nothing. It means ass, as yeah, in does. lick my ass. La came il culo. Wow. La came il culo. <laughs> I see. Wow. Priceless like lessons. Can't yeah. wait to go to like, Italy. Like Dudley said to Alf Herman last week. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if Keithy used any of your handy phrases when he was. I would old. hope he studied yeah. it on the way over. Yeah, I mean, I would assume he did. Okay. He didn't ask any of us. Anyway. Thanks. 
Uh, we head to the Worcester Palladium and join in progress as Tanaka gets two on a missile dropkick on Tracy Smothers. Tanaka gets a hard clothesline, but Rich trips him up from the outside. Rich tosses two chairs in the ring. Smothers cracks Tanaka with it, but he no-sells two of them before mm. a third takes him down. Smothers gets a near fall. Tanaka ducks a kick at a loads, but Rich hits him with a flagpole, and Smothers gets two on a sidekick. Smothers lays the chairs down, puts Tanaka on top. But he dances like a goof, and that allows Tanaka to reset, hit the Tornado DDT into the chairs for the win. Uh, I listened from what we saw. It's the usual extreme extrapolation. Usual Tanaka brawl with some sick shots and a good finish. Smothers to smothers. Tanaka is undefeated. I went two stars, Matt. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I went uh, two stars on it. Wasn't much here, but was pretty decent while it lasted. Just another showcase for Tanaka as he beats the piss out of Tracy Smothers in the Worcester Palladium. So two stars for me, Jenny. Yes, I really like this. I did two and a quarter. I had to bump it up a little bit for not one, not two, but three chair shots to finally get his fucking hard ass head taken in. I don't know. That was fucking great. I Smothers is always fun t- for me. So, <clears throat> great pairing. I, you know, Tanaka's doing these like interesting little matches. You know, you know, mm-hmm. one was like real long, and his his debut was great. I don't know. It's, it's been going well for him, and I'm I'm definitely enjoying him a lot. I still regret not seeing Insane Clown Posse at the Palladium. What are we right around this time? Actually, not too mm-hmm. far after this. A few months mm-hmm. later, probably. Joey Styles, Shane, and Francine talk Tanaka. Shane says Taz won't have the guts to show up this week because Bigelow's there. Uh-huh. Shane says when, he, when he's healthy, yeah. he'd love to defend against Tanaka. Bigelow says all he thinks about is Taz. We get a highlight <laughs> package of the Dudley's Beulah situation. Shane's fake belt. Taz isn't even there, but he's coming. Bigelow won't face him, but he promises he can make it from Brooklyn to Queens. He jokes about he ain't stopping at tolls like a schmuck because he's got an easy pass. It's a big deal back then. And he'll be there to slap Bigelow's fat head, and they can settle it tonight instead of Heat Wave. Gone. Any quick thoughts on Taz bragging on his easy pass? Uh, the, the easy pass was a hell of a thing back then. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, Taz coming from so, Brooklyn. Is it a status symbol? Apparently, yeah. It's uh, he really <laughs> drove over a lot of tools. It's not like <laughs> it's not like that pay by plate bullshit they have here now. No, you had you had to have the thing on your uh, your visor. Mm. I can't believe that Taz is going to drive his ass all the way to a Queens from Brooklyn. Who could have possibly guessed that Taz was going to attempt to go after Shane, despite uh, Shane saying he's not going to come. Not this week, even though he's been showing up in every fucking building that he's been in for the past, what, year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So who could have possibly guessed? Jenny? Yeah, that was dumb. That was real dumb. Um, Shane and his fake belt really popped me. Fucking dumbass, Taz. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I don't know. I believe him. I think he's going to show up, you guys. Yeah. And then Fran's like, yeah, let him come. And she's like, what? <laughs> Why are you saying that? Stop have saying been, that. Have you been paying attention? Fuck about. Fuck about. <laughs> Joey is very nervous, as he should be. Hopefully, Bam Bam is standing in the right spot. Just yeah, yeah. be on the right. safe side. Yeah. <sighs> 
All right, Rotten Balls are with some fans. They talk about uh, the care about ECW Pride and don't need to prove themselves. But Ball says gold will look good, and they get fired up and start yelling. Very random. Mm-hmm. Brings us to our last match of the night, and that is Just Incredible and Jason taking on Jerry Lynn and Pablo Marquez. <laughs> Jason is with tights to team with uh, Credible here. Chastity and Bass back them up. This is an elimination match. Joey says Pablo is back from training in the Extreme Dojo. Credible and Lynn throw down to get us going. Usual back and forth, intense and fast pace. We clip to Jason and Marquez are both now gone. And Lynn gets a gourd buster, follows up with a middle rope leg drop for two, lays in some heavy chops. Lynn blo- uh, misses a charge. Credible slams him, heads up top, but Lynn follows. Lynn blocks a sunset flip powerbomb, gets a Rana for two. We head outside where Lynn shoots Credible to the fans and heads to the apron, meets him with a springboard plancha. Back inside, Credible blocks a top rope Rana with a powerbomb. Joey says Taz is pulled up to the building, and Shane tells Bigelow he's here. Lynn hits a DDT on a chair as Joey's yelling that Taz is headed their way. Shane just sits calmly. Baskets on the apron as Lynn loads. That's incredible. But Chastity comes in, hits Lynn in the head. We cut to the nest where Bigelow and Taz are brawling. A bell sounds in the ring, but it cuts out as Taz hits the camera. And we don't, we don't really know what happens from there. But uh, I would say it's kind of tough to score this one. We saw a lot of it, but it was clipped. Mm-hmm. Chaos at the end. We missed the finish. Uh, I'm part of the usual stuff from what we saw, but it's just really a backdrop to Taz. I went two and three quarters, Matt. Um, I think that, again, just trying to sell the chaos of Taz and Douglas. So, Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a tough match to rate. And to be perfectly honest, I almost didn't rate it. Like I had, <laughs> it was, It's a tough thing to rate because at a certain point, the match just completely takes a backseat to everything that was going on with Taz. So, I mean, I, I went two and a quarter on it, question mark, because I still don't know what the hell to rate it. But, I mean, we didn't even really see what the finish was. And I, for one, was shocked that uh, Taz pulled up to the building and uh, went in the booth. Who could have possibly uh, seen that coming? And then he punches the camera and we just fade to black. That was, uh, I mean, it was kind of a neat touch. I'm not gonna lie but just very mm-hmm. random that I'm, I'm assuming taz thought the camera was shane's face because he was so uh, heated and angry i don't know but i mean two and a quarter for the match i guess jenny where did the tag partners go that's a great question oh they got eliminated during the clipping uh, I, I swear i never saw them at, at any point they don't they clipped past it right. they just like those guys i mean fuck right. y'all like literally which Look, i mean jason are... and marquez hypothetical tag partners they were you yeah accept was... the extreme extrapolation yeah yeah we're still working on <laughs> me and my ai um yeah. so anyway the i mean the it what we saw of it was sick you know they're they're really good together, and we've seen them be really great together. Do we assume that Credible wins? Uh, well, it's two. Or two do they two, just? Right? I don't know if this will count in the summer series. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I feel like they don't really talk about it later, but mm. maybe they do. I don't yeah, know. I don't know if we ever find out. <laughs> I'm sure if you look draw. up the card, if you look up the card, it's probably out there. I bet it was an hour-long draw. I think so. Okay, yeah. my prediction is just Incredible one. So. Uh, I did two and a half. All right. Let's get to our awards for this episode. Uh, best match, believe it or not, for me, I went Nova, Meanie, <laughs> just Candido and Storm. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck Same. yeah. That was, that was really cool. Okay. Uh, worst match, I guess, Tanaka Smothers. Even though I feel bad because Tanaka is yeah, very good. It was yeah. really good. Uh, was this, this is what taping? Was it July? No, August. Was a. Do you remember what July 18th? Was that the taping? Yes. Yep. Um. Yeah, no, that one's not. Nope. Maybe they don't really one. count it. Maybe they just count it as a segment. Oh no, this was Queen. Was this Queens or was this? Or is this? This was this was the Elks and Queens. Yeah. Yeah. All right, hang on. Let me find it. 
July 5th. No, that was there. July 3rd was the Elks. Yeah, that's this one. Uh, Jason, incredible one. Incredible Piddlin. Boom. There you go. All right. Thank you for that. Yup, yup, yup. Best moment. I went Storm's promo for this one. I I enjoyed it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Taz beating the shit out of Shane. Yeah, that was kind of great. And him mentioning Easy Pass was also very good. (laughs) I did like that. Uh, most '90s, we'll go with easy. The idea of easy pass yep. being like a luxury <laughs> item. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and also Mahoney's uh perm highlight with highlights. Yeah. Very '98. Really I like uh, Worcester. I feel like the, the one, for Northeast folks, the Worcester Palladium is very yes. '90s. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Stock rising. I went Storm and Candido, RVD and Lynn. New Jack. New Jack. Yeah. Stock falling. I just went Jason. <laughs> Smothers. Smothers. Final grade, five and a half out of ten for me. Uh, average salad episode. Yeah, I'm going to do five and a half as well. Yeah, same. It was a perfectly standard episode. All right, let's go forward one week to July 25th, 1998. Joey's in the ring. We're back in the ECW arena. He's sweating. The crowd is lit. Starts shitting on Queens. Joey <laughs> hypes Heat Wave and then brings out Shane Douglas and Francine. They're flirting on their way down. Shane says it's hot and sticky and moist, but enough about Francine's private parts. And then <laughs> Joey drops the mic and looks up her dress and Fran kisses him. Whatever. <laughs> He did not look up her dress. He looked up her dress. He no, dropped he the mic did. and they went like he, that. He yes, did drop he did. the mic, but he didn't. No, he was trying to look up her dress. 100%. I think he was, he was trying to. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he succeeded, but he definitely She let him. Tried. If he yeah. did, then she let him. Oh, she let him, but he definitely. Yeah. That, was, yeah. that was his goal. Uh, we get our opening animation. Then we go back to our threesome in the nest. They start mm. to talk about Heat Wave, but Taz stalks the ring and Shane gets angry. Francine <laughs> says, if Joey keeps up this attitude, he gets no more peekaboo. See? She let him peekaboo. Right. He even says it. But he Taz... says at the end, he says, I did not look up your dress. Yeah, okay, Joey. Whatever. We don't understand. <laughs> Taz grabs a mic and you. says, four and a half years ago, there was a major <laughs> snowstorm. They had to delay a TV taping, and only 90 people showed up, including some of the same fans that are here tonight. And he was here, too. Those people chanted ECW, and no one in the world but those 90 people gave a shit. Those people said, fuck the world then, and ECW held a tournament for the NWA title. Douglas won that tournament, and Taz was one of the guys he beat. Shane threw down the NWA title, turned Eastern to extreme, and Shane said, fuck the world. Taz thought that was pretty cool. He was part of a movement, and Taz doesn't have to come out in an ECW shirt to prove his loyalty. Taz gets into it with a fan who's running his mouth. The rest of the fans start shitting on that fan. Taz says Shane lost his belt and ran to Vince McMahon. And everyone forgets Shane did that, but he calls himself the franchise and the FTW belt's fake. But no, Shane's no franchise because the franchise stays and a franchise wrestles in buildings with no shower or toilet. Taz has been at every show while ECW paid its dues. Guys like Dreamer and Sandman stuck it out took small paychecks and knew they would grow. They turned down bigger offers to stay loyal. Shane has the balls to say he's a franchise and built the promotion. And Taz says Shane was the foreman, but he left the job site and Taz stuck it out. And just like Shane held up a belt in 1994 and said, fuck the world. That's what he does now. Taz never got a chance at that belt because Shane came begging for his job. Paul gave it to him in a title shot and Shane cashed in. Not Taz, who's just a miserable workhorse who gets nothing but a TV title shot. And he made that belt, not RVD. When Shane wants to come out of the booth and go title for title, he'll make Shane tap. He then issues an open challenge for the FTW title, and out comes Bam Bam Bigelow to the ring. Shane says Bammer is his rebuttal. Um, 
I thought this promo was fantastic. Uh, it's full of truth. It was well delivered. And Jenny, I'm curious, does this make you change your visions of the FTW title at all when framed in the light that Shane did the same thing back in 1994 when he felt the NWA title was whatever and he was going to create his own extreme you know, ECW championship and built the foundation and then Shane left and Taz and Dreamer and Sandman stayed? I don't know. I thought Taz was pretty on point in all of this. I don't know. He's working hard. He, he he's working hard to do it. I don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm mixed. I don't know. Something about it is not sitting right with me. But I can't really put a finger on it. But you know, it was he did well. Like it was well delivered, and you know he. he I really thought he did win the crowd over by the end of it. So what do you think, Maddie? Uh, There was a lot of pent up rage in in that man. And he just let it all out in this 10 minute promo, just running down everybody, running down Shane saying, you know, even running down RVD saying, you know, I, I was the one who made the belt, not you. Fuck you basically. And the whole fuck the world thing, Uh, you know, calling, uh, saying Shane isn't a franchise, just taking shots really at anybody that walks or anybody that Shane kind of associates with. So I I do, I get it. I get what he's trying to do here. And I do think it makes sense. And the promo was very well done. So, I mean, we'll see where it goes, but it is pretty similar to what Shane did. I mean, when you really think about, I hadn't really thought of it before this promo. It's like, you know, it is, it is kind of, it's not one for one, the same thing, but it's like, yeah, it, no. it, it, it's pretty similar with him throwing down the NWA title and all that shit. But I mean, that was more of a transformation than uh, right. a fucking, you know, <laughs> poof magic. You know, right. Make it it's, up. Right. Shane didn't create a belt out of thin air. Right. But right. Yeah. That, I think that's what. But in his mind, it's it the same fit approach. Right. Right. Yeah. But you, you don't think of it from Taz's mm-hmm. mindset. Right. In his mind, he's doing what Shane did. He's he doesn't believe in that cause anymore. And he's going to create mm-hmm. his own cause. And that's what Shane Douglas did four years ago. He didn't believe in the NWA anymore. And he threw that belt down and created the then... extreme championship wrestling title. At the same time, he is saying that he is ECW. I've been here every day. And he's saying and this is the- what ECW is now. Just like Shane said, ECW is no longer Eastern. It's Extreme Championship Wrestling. And this is the title. Chaz is saying that title no longer represents what ECW is about because Shane is hiding and he's injured and he's not defending it. This is the real title. I am the champion. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's going to claim. I think he's going to claim. Taz versus Bam and Bigelow is up next. We get a referee and a bell. Heatweight preview. Taz hammers away, kicks a Bigelow, catches him, drives him to the corner. It's a big suplex. Bammer stomps and clubs on Taz. Taz kicks back, kicks him hard in the head twice. Bigelow lays in some headbutts, but he's a tree of clotheslines, falls back hard. Taz goes up top, but Bigelow catches him. Taz counters to a DDT, goes to hook the Taz mission. But Candido and Storm come in for the DQ. They lay out Taz. Candido's wearing amateur headgear. We'll learn more about that. Candido and Storm use Rolling Thunder. That brings out Sabu to RVD. Sabu wants to go with Taz, but Fonzie stops him and offers a handshake to Taz. Fonzie keeps Sabu at bay as Taz grabs his belt. Fonzie recognizes Taz's title as legit. Sabu and RVD hold their belt up as Taz slowly leaves. So not a lot here. Just an appetizer for Heat Wave, more of a segment. Uh, Great heat, though, and an interesting tease. Is something brewing with Taz and Fonzie's crew? 
Jenny, what do you think? <laughs> do we not? <laughs> do we not just go through like a year of Taz versus Sabu? Like, yeah, that was a year ago now. Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's not done in a way though, where it's like they're suddenly friends. Like, it's almost like all right, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of thing, right? Like they're they may find themselves in a weird place because they all have issues with the triple threat now. And Taz knows on some level, like he was friends before with Sabu and, and Fonzie, like there's something there. So maybe there's a little trepidation, but Hey, maybe there's something cooking. Okay. I don't, I don't trust that at all. I don't know. Um, did you rate it? Okay. No, um, I didn't really think it was a match. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I like seeing Bam Bam. I like, you know, it was, I don't know. I, all of this just kind of off for me. I can't, I don't get it, Matt. I mean, I, I like the tease for Taz Bam Bam. Like if you were iffy on buying the pay-per-view, it kind of showed you the stuff that they're going to do as short as it was, you know, it was like what, two minutes or so of a match before Sabu and RVD came out. I mean, the Sabu RVD stuff is very weird, especially considering Taz just shit all over RVD saying, uh, you know, Taz is the guy who made, I'm the one who made the belt, not you. Fuck you basically. So, and I mean, I know it wasn't really RVD's thing. It was more about right. Fonzie, but well, I, it's, I think they, they usually position Fonzie as like a mastermind a, a couple of steps ahead, right? Like he kind of <laughs> brought Sabu and RVD I can't together. Even get on board with that. <laughs> well, they do though. That's how he's been presented, right? He's always kind of like thinking in the moment, like you can see the wheels turning. Like, okay, hang on, Sabu. Like I know you guys are rivals, but like it's two on three with the triple threat. Taz maybe is someone we could bring in to help us out, like, right? Like I could, you could see him just thinking through it as it's going. I think that's how they're trying to present it. Mm. Right. I mean, I, I I do like that Taz didn't shake his hand because I think you know maybe no, event- yeah, yeah. maybe eventually I that like, will happen. But I like that Sabu protested. He was like slapping yeah. Fonzie, like what the right. fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like I did enjoy that because that seems real to me. And I don't know, like. Don't it know. is it is very strange because it it kind of came out of nowhere too. But... Yeah. Well, that's a lot easier to make things like they do yeah. these. Yeah stories but i don't know i didn't mind it i, I didn't mind it because to me it's like i felt more like it was fonzie in the moment than like a setup or a plan and taz is like uh like i don't know yet i don't know yet right but like right. we'll see maybe things escalate and taz needs them yeah or maybe not maybe right. it goes nowhere yeah. all right we get uh J- joey shane and fran hyping up heat wave they run down the card and then we head to the first of a series of matches that's going to happen tonight between Beulah's Avengers and the Dudleys. Whatever side wins this series tonight gets to pick the stipulation for the six-man war uh, that is happening at the six-man war that's happening at Heat Wave. Uh, they get to pick the stipulation, the winner of the series. So we get Tommy Dreamer taking on Bubba Ray Dudley. And they circle around to start. Tommy is quite intense and angry as we lock up. We get some reversals. We clip to Tommy pounding Bubba in the corner, drop kicks him in the nuts. We clip again to Tommy pouring it on. Bubba bounces all over the place. Clip to Bubba battering Tommy on the floor. He crotches him on the railing. Bubba grabs a chair. He smashes Tommy in the head. We go to Bubba suplexing uh, Tommy on the floor. Jeff Jones screams at the ref to count him out. 
Tommy gets help from the fans to get back in the ring. He snaps Bubba across the top rope, gets a slingshot splash for a near fall. We clip to Tommy flying into Gertner, Jones, and Sign Guy with a Pescado, throws all the bodies in the ring. Tommy double DDTs Jones and Sign Guy, and then uh, the Beulah Dalva goes with them, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Jack Victory comes in. Tommy DDT's victory, but Bubba hits Tommy with a guitar and covers him to win the match <sighs> and uh, go up one nothing for the Dudleys here. Uh, this is a pretty good brawl. Again, it was clipped up pretty good. Uh, the Dudleys continue to torture Tommy. They use their bag of tricks to steal the match, and they get to pick the stip, potentially. Uh, lots of clips here, standard stuff with some nasty spots. I went two and a quarter, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it was perfectly fine for what it was. I went two and a half on it. Like you said, it was clipped all to hell. It looked like mm-hmm. it was a pretty good match, but uh, the guitar shot at the end was brutal looking. I thought that was great. Uh, kind of a shocking win, too, like Bubba beating Dreamer. Kind of what I wasn't expecting that to be the match where, you know, they go down 1-0. Mm-hmm. I thought Dreamer was going to re- win uh, relatively right. easily here, so kind of surprised by that, but that's a good thing in my book. So two and a half for me, Jenny. I was also surprised by the ending. I'm not a fan of that, um, actually, but I did like the match. Uh, I liked the blood. It was really good. And I liked the uh, spot where the fans helped Tommy to his feet because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was dying from blood loss. Um, but then he hit that double DDT. That was really good. And then um, the guitar shot was really good, too. So two and a half for me. All right. The fan, uh, Francine mocks Beulah in the nest, brags about being the last one standing. <laughs> Joey is not happy. Uh, back to the ring we go to continue our series. The Sandman takes on Devon Dudley. Sandman's got a lot of pressure on him here. Joey shouts out his mom, says she's watching the show at the Body Bob's Tattoos and Booze down the street uh, where they all, you know, Shane's kind of a gasp, but Joey says, what are you gasp about? We all go there after the show. I looked it up. I think, I don't think it exists, but I think it's like something else now. Oh, um, but yeah, it was what's the place? Body Bob's tattoos and booze. <laughs> Mrs. Fullington. Uh, the crowd is hot for Sandman as he smashes Devon with a cane. Devon crumbles to the floor. Sandman gets a mic and rallies the fans. Sandman sets up a table bridge and puts Devon through it with a leg drop. We clip to Devon working over Sandman on the floor. Clip to Devon shouting his commandments while caning Sandman in the head. But he misses a third one, and Sandman finishes him quickly with a Russian leg sweep to tie things up. Again, really quick highlight. Sandman's super over. Uh, the table spot looked great. The series is now tied up. I just went a star and a half, Jenny. I mean, it's whatever. It's clips. Another surprising ending. I would say <coughs> that Sandman would be the one that loses here. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think like Devon's just the weaker link of the Dullies. That's yeah, the yeah, I would totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, he, he don't try to swing a cane with Sandman because you're, <laughs> you're just not going to win that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like this. It was quick. Crowds eating Sandman up. So I did one and three quarter stars. Yeah, I went star and a half on it. It was uh, fine. The finish out of nowhere was interesting. The leg mm-hmm. sweep while Devon's just, you know, shouting his commandments, like you said. But yeah, outside of that, uh, not much here. So star and a half. All right. Joey hypes up the finals and Shane and Francine try to keep cool. And that brings us to Spike Dudley versus Big Dick Dudley. Spike hammers away to start. Hits a low blow and an acid drop for two. Spike keeps unloading, but Dick shoots him to the floor. We clip to Dick throwing Spike through a table. Clip again to Spike dodging an avalanche, hitting a headbutt to the balls of Dick. Spike gets a bulldog and tries another acid drop, but Dick straightens up and hits a nasty Big Dick driver to win the series for the Dudleys, who now get to pick the stipulation as it should be. Uh, One star for that one, Matt. Yeah, same one star again. Not much here, but it gives the Dudleys uh, the win in the series, which uh, to me that makes sense. Have the Dudleys pick it, and they've got and everything else in this fucking feud. You might as well just have them pick the stipulation too while you're at it. So one star for me. 
Look, uh, Spike is super over with me. Uh, I really wish he would just hit him in the balls and uh, <laughs> the acid drop and then had another five-star match. But the clipping was annoying to me in this one. I kind of would have liked to see more because it looked really fun to me. <laughs> I like the headbutt to the balls and then the bulldog combo. And uh, the big dick driver at the end was sick as hell. So mm -hmm. I did one and a half. All right, Chris Candido and Lance Storm are backstage. Storm talks over Candido. Suddenly, he's, he's way more aggressive. He tells Candido to trust him, and then he does a trust fall off a chair to show that they're good. Storm says, <laughs> Storm says eight days ago, Candido almost has his ear ripped off in, uh, off his head in Boston, and Storm helped him take care of him. Went to the hospital and wants to avenge his partner and prove they're the best in the sport. Uh, Storm's basically actively Candido, so it's, it's funny. He's yeah. ranting and raving. And, uh, so Candido's got a torn ear. He's got the... Rick Steiner earmuffs on. Um, Joey, Shane, and Fran talk about that injury. And that brings us to our tag title rematch. Rob Van Dam and Sabu taking on Chris Candido and Lance Storm. Uh, we join in progress. RVD and Storm are trading spurts of offense and counters. RVD nails a spin kick. We clip to Candido in his amateur headgear. Uh, throwing down Sabu in the corner. We clip again to Candido and Storm trying to double team. Sabu takes them both down with a DDT. We clip to RVD working over Storm. Candido comes in and takes over. Hits an awesome delayed suplex. We clip to Storm and Candido hitting a top rope double superplex for two in a great spot. We then clip to Storm hooking a single crab and Sabu making the save. Candido gets a swinging neck breaker. We clip to RVD dodging a charge. It's a sidekick off the middle rope. We clip to RVD nailing Candido with a somersault senton to the floor. Hangs him on the railing, but Candido knocks RVD off the apron and flies into the crowd. We then get Storm going up top. He flies into RVD with a plancha and then Sabu meets him with a triple jump dive. We clip to Sabu hooking Candido in a camel clutch. RVD hits a DDT, but Storm makes a save. RVD slaps Storm as the champions follow it with Rolling Thunder. The champs put the challengers on a table and try a diving splash, but Candido rolls away and they crash through Storm, who kicks out of the cover. Candido snaps RVD over with a great bridging su uh, German suplex for two. All four guys brawl, and suddenly Storm turns and smacks Candido against his busted ear and walks off. RVD and Sabu hit a double-team leg drop splash off the top and retain. Another great match with these guys. Four of the best in ECW throwing down. Candido's a beast doing it with a busted ear, uh, but so good across the board. Candido and Storm are finally done, uh, but a different approach, right? We thought Candido would eventually turn on Storm, but it's Storm turning on Candido. The air smack was really well done. Uh, I went three stars for this. Again, we had a bunch of clipping, uh, but it was it was really, really good, Jenny. Yeah, once again, I, I kind of was bummed out by the clipping, but um, yeah, that it was nuts, really. I mean, they were really balling out. Even Candido, with his mm -hmm. up ear, uh, was really going for it, and Storm was flying all over the place. They were clicking, like yeah. it was working. I you know, Sabu doing Sabu things and being awesome and. Um, flying around the rolling thunder was great. Uh, the table spot. Um, why did storm turn? Do we know? Do we have, uh, not yet. We don't, but well, mm -hmm. I would say he's just got sick of like Candido and the triple threat. Like, you know, they did fuck him around quite a bit. Like, yeah. you know, it worked for him while he had the gold, but now they lost the goal. Candido maybe sees him as a weak link and he's going to punk him before he gets punked. Cause with the triple threat, right. It's always kind of borrowed time. So. 
I think he's just he's just trying to be his own man. So he just realized this in the in the middle of his match, and just like. Well, I think maybe saw Candido like saw. the weak link during the match with the busted ear and all that, and was like, "Fuck it, I'm done." Wow, that was brutal. Um, mm. it kind of levels up his character, I feel like, because um, that's ballsy move. Um, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was into it. Um, I did three and a quarter. Uh, that trust fall was a lie, and I will not stand oh, for it. Was, it. Yeah. It's such a shame. Uh, I went three stars on it, like you guys. The clipping to me really hurt. It hurt this because I think uh, the full match was probably really good. So I mean, I could, I feel like I could only go three stars on it just based on what we saw. But yeah. what we saw was uh, really great. So uh, we get finally Storm and Candido are done. And I wonder too. And I, I thought about this. You remember that thing where uh, when they were tag champs, they had that thing that Paulie said where they couldn't turn on each other. While while they were tag champs. Mm-hmm. So, so I wondered, had Storm wanted to do this all along, but he couldn't because they were champions. So that that's, was... That's a great point. That was what yeah. I was thinking, was that maybe in the back of his mind, Storm had always wanted to do this, mm-hmm. but, but then he couldn't. Right. because no, That they, too. Right, yeah, yeah. They get fired, so... Because they get fired, so I, I had that in the back of my head too, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the previous match more, at least from what we saw, but this was still uh, really great stuff. These four guys, just great chemistry with one another. So uh, super fun stuff. Three stars for me. All right. It is now time for something we haven't had in a minute. And that is Pulp Fiction. Joey, Shannon, Francine in the nest. Joey says, Candido and Storm are now going to wrestle at Heat Wave. And he wonders who are going to be the next tag team title contenders, if it's not them, to take on RVD and Sabu. Fonzie, RVD, and Sabu are doing their thing backstage. They say they'll be at Heat Wave, and they need new challengers. RVD, see, RVD says everyone needs to be calm like him. He does his usual backhand comments. RVD says there are rumors their opponents could be from the WWF, WCW, Mexico, England, Japan, but they'll leave as champions and says he has a reputation for being stiff and hurting people. But RVD 420 means he just smoked your ass. Gerner yeah. and the Dudleys are, are in an alley. They talk about fixing a penthouse pet, but it wasn't their fault. Just products of their environment. Nobody invited her to Dudleyville. She should blame her boyfriend for bringing her. Bubba says Tommy's been in the company a long time, and he made mistakes like they all do. But Tommy's biggest mistake was bringing his 105-pound beautiful girlfriend to a wrestling ring, and anywhere the Dudleys are is considered Dudleyville. They do it all day, and the worst thing Tommy did was bring her there because they don't care who anyone brings to their world. They'll destroy them, and never again will Beulah walk the aisle and get in the ring with Tommy because she felt what everyone else will feel or has felt, the 3D. They snapped her neck, and Tommy should feel like crap because of it. Her blood is on his hands. We get a slow-motion package of the Beulah 3D. Tommy's backstage. He says when he got rid of Raven, he thought the pain would end. Then Jerry Lawler came in. It could have been anyone in ECW doing what they did because they blew WF out of the water. But when you're a pro wrestler, your life is an open book. And as a kid who wasn't talented enough to make it on his own, using his name and family to make himself a star, they don't just attack you, they go for your friends. And everyone Tommy knows always gets hurt. Spike gets hurt every night. Sandman went to the hospital in front of his pregnant wife. And then somebody loved his whole life, just like everyone else he loves, also got hurt. Tommy starts to cry. He says him and Beulah are supposed to be together forever and told each other everything. Tommy recites his vows and keeps smashing his head into the locker until he bruises and busts himself open. And he says, Dudley's until death do us part. A pretty dramatic scene. Tommy playing the down out and depressed superhero 
it's a good role for him, even though Beulah, I mean, she's not dead. <laughs> she may not be here. <laughs> but Dudley's again, already buried her. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I guess she's dead in the construct of ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's the classic superhero, right? That's his parents are dead, his girlfriends, mm-hmm. everyone's dead. Uh, everyone gets hurt. Who goes near him, and he just needs to live a life of solitude. It's pretty much how he positions himself, Jenny. But I, this is a pretty good Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's really just focused around this one angle, like, like the whole promotion's been. It's been very heavy on this angle for the last few weeks. It was an elite Pulp Fiction for me. Like, all three of these, like, really hit RVD, Sabu, Fonzie. All that was great. Um, I mean, just continuing to be great. Um, fucking Bubba Ray just spitting fire. Man, mm-hmm. he is just really, he was really feeling it. I was believing it, and it was really working. Like, you know. Just over the course of like the last two episodes that we've done, he has just kind of gone beyond really. Um, even though you guys said it go, it gets great, you know, I really doubted it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in now. That was a tr- tremendous promo. And then Dreamer followed it up with another one. And he's always great, you know, especially when he's in pain. He likes the pain. So, um, but his, this is just, a level deeper than I think even Tommy's gone. Um, the, the, banging his head on the locker is very dramatic, and it was great. I, I thought this was amazing, Matt. Yeah, I thought this was great. Uh, probably the best Bubba has certainly looked, I think, yeah. as far as talking goes. I mean, just a great promo, and I, I love the setting they were into. They're like it, it looked like some fucking outside of like some meat packing plant or some warehouse yeah. or something. It was just a great visual with everybody standing out there. Uh, and then you have uh, Dreamer just pouring his heart out and uh, also pouring his blood out all over that fucking and tears and tears and yeah it's just super dramatic and uh uh, he's very upset as it turns out Mm. about uh beulah getting her neck broken who knew but uh yeah uh great stuff here just fantastic you're you're muted you're muted can't hear you you are muted. Okay. Uh, that wraps up that episode. Let's get to our awards. Best match for me is the tag title uh, between Storman, Candido, and RVD and Sabu. Yeah. Uh, yep. Worst match, I went the big dick, little spike match. <laughs> big dick, little spike. Wow. Yeah. Uh, best moment, I went with Taz's promo. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Dudley and Dreamer promos. Yeah, I think I gotta go with... Uh, I, I think I would go with Pulp Fiction as a whole, honestly. Yeah, you know, yeah, RVD yeah. was great, too. Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, most 90s, I'm with Body Bobs, Tattoos, and Booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Headgear? I don't know if that's yeah. 90s or not. Headgear. <laughs> Stock Rising with Taz, Dudley, Sandman, Storm. Mm-hmm. Bubba Ray, Dudley. <laughs> yeah. Um, you might be saying that a lot more I, now. I know. <laughs> I'll probably say it just like that. Um, Stock Tommy falling. Too. Yeah, Tommy too. Stock falling on Jeff Jones, sign guy in uh, Candido's ear. <laughs> His ear was falling for sure. Yeah. All right, final grade. I went seven out of ten. Um, that was a pretty good episode. I mean, the tag title match was good. The Taz promo was great. The Pulp Fiction was great. The series was kind of whatever. It was all clipped up, but at least it was like angle progression. Mm-hmm. It's right. a pretty, you know, pretty big episode overall. 
I really enjoyed the little mini series you got there. You know, it, you you kind of got to break everybody up a little bit, and um, I'll save some more comments about that for when we wrap up the whole episode. But um, yeah, I I like this episode a lot. Seven out of ten for me. Yeah, I did the seven too. And the series, I mean, the match quality wasn't necessarily there, but there, like you said, there was angle advancement. There was a point mm-hmm. to it, so it made sense. So. All right, let's get to our final episode. That is August 1st, 1998. That's our go-home for Heat Wave. Mm-hmm. Fonzie, RVD, and Sabu are backstage to do their thing. They talk about Heat Wave. They still don't have named opponents, but they're cocky anyway. RVD says Sabu is the most homicidal and then does his <laughs> usual backhanded comment. Dude, why? Why, why does that make me laugh? <laughs> It's just the, the, the delivery is amazing. It, yes. The delivery, it's, it's just, totally the delivery. Nails it and just grins like an idiot. It's every just, time he gets it, every so time he doesn't miss one. He doesn't miss them, any of them. Uh, Joey, Francine, and Shane are in the nest. They welcome us in. They hype up Heat Wave coming up this Sunday night. Joey reveals that RVD and Sabu will defend against Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinsake, formerly Kushi and in, in uh, WF. Pretty big dream match at this time. Mm-hmm. And Hayabusa was someone you always heard about. Like for me anyway, like someone who's just on AOL and whatever, uh, reading newsletters, heard about Hayabusa. So this seemed like, you know, a year ago we had the Mishinoka Pro guys. Before that, we had the AAA, you know, Rey Mysterio and all those guys. Before that, not AAA, but uh, CMLL. And then before that, we had Malenko and Benoit. So this was like the next installment of like, okay, the, the guys you may hear about and read about, they're bringing them overseas. Um, obviously, Shinsake, we'd seen a bunch of us at Kushi, but. Uh, we get opening animation. Shane rants about Taz in the nest as Joey hypes up Heat Wave. We get clips of Bigelow and Taz at Living Dangerously. Taz is backstage. Talks about thinking about Bigelow beating him for the last five months. But now here lying and seeing his famous credo. But Bigelow can beat him, and he has. He's not bet because he's bigger or more experienced. He was just better on that night. No other reason. But now at Heat Wave, it's not about the FTW title. This is about the trophy called a victory. And Bigelow has it, but in Dayton, Taz takes it back. And his credo comes back, too, because he'll be able to mean what he says. He's real, not a fake shoot guy. Taz survived, but Bigelow beat him, and he doesn't lose a lot. And when he does lose, people talk. So Bigelow needs to ask himself if he can beat Taz again. But he can't let him do it, and he won't let him do it. Uh, Jenny's the usual great go-home, hard-sell Taz promo. This is, like, better. Like, this is more my style, more of what I want to hear from Taz. So I really, really liked this promo from him. Yeah, I thought this was really good too. You always know you're going to get a good Taz promo when it's that extreme close-up of, mm-hmm. of his face with the frayed towel on. So I feel like every time he, it's that type of promo, it's really well done, and this was no exception. So, All right, Storm and Candido, we get their promo from last week. We get clips of Storm turning on Candido during their match. Douglas and shits on the vanilla storm in the nest for stepping over the line after Candido and triple threat carried him to greatness. Storm attacked him at his weakest point going after his torn ear. Storm helped hold that ear together in the ambulance after the injury. <laughs> and Joey reminds us that Candido and storm will face off Sunday as he runs down the other matches. And then we get our big match. It was hyped up a couple weeks ago. That is Masato Tanaka and Jerry Lynn taking on just incredible and Mike awesome. I think it's time to debut a theme here. On extreme through a dance. Yeah. The amazing theme song of Mike mm-hmm. Awesome. 
Mm -hmm. Awesome bomb. Hot. Good luck, good luck getting that out of your head for the rest of the night. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. Yeah, amazing theme. Uh, all right, potential insanity here. This one looks Yo. good on paper, for sure. These four guys have been uh, awesome since they've uh, debuted. Awesome, all of them. Uh, Styles says these guys will be in singles matches Sunday, so it's a preview. Jason and Chastity lead out. Awesome, incredible. We get more heat wave hype. Tanaka and Lynn rumble out next. We're set to go with Tanaka and Awesome start right off with heavy chops and no selling. Tanaka cranks Awesome with a hard clothesline, knocks him outside of the springboard clothesline. Tanaka barrels into him with a chair to the head, shoots Awesome back inside to reset. Lynn comes in, tries to come at Awesome, but gets overpowered to a pancake. Awesome mashes him with a leg drop, tags Incredible, comes in and swags through some strikes. Shane says Lynn has been battling Credible all summer and has to recalibrate against bigger guys now. Lynn comes firing back. It's a drop kick and a nice flying back elbow. Credible dodges the dive to the corner. Takes back over, but Lynn counters to a Fujiwara armbar. Tanaka tags in, but Credible leaps across the ring and tags out. Awesome hits a release German. Tanaka pops up, slugs Awesome. Tanaka charges. Awesome hits a slingshot shoulder block for two. Awesome hits a slingshot German, sets up a table at ringside. Awesome loads up Tanaka for a powerbomb, but Tanaka slips out. Awesome comes back with an Alabama slam for two. He knocks Tanaka over the top. Credible and Lynn come in. Lynn throws him to the floor. It's a baseball slide to send him into the fans. Meets him with a springboard cross body. Awesome goes up top and springs off into the crowd as well in a great-looking spot. Candido and Lynn throw down outside as Awesome slams Tanaka in the ring. Goes up top, and it's a big, huge, uh, big splash, but Lynn saves. Awesome crushes Tanaka with two chair shots, but Tanaka keeps coming right back until a third shot. Destroys the chair and keeps him down. Credible tags in, but Tanaka kicks out and fires up. Gets a nice power slam. Lynn tags in, gets a top rope leg drop for two. Credible takes down Lynn, tags Awesome with batters him and gets two on a big splash and another near fall on a throw. Credible comes in and cranks a chin lock to a quick flurry of pin attempts by both guys. Credible gets a sidewalk slam to end the back and forth. Awesome tags in and unloads with an avalanche for two. Lynn gets a Rana. Awesome tags out to Credible, who blocks the tag and keeps Lynn trapped. Lynn goes low on Credible and tags Tanaka, who cuts through both guys and mashes Credible with a running elbow and a hard clothesline for two. Tanaka puts Credible up top. It's a superplex for two as Lynn wipes out Awesome. Tanaka lays two chairs on the mat, hits a tornado DDT, but Awesome makes a save with a chair shot. Lynn missile drop kicks a chair into Awesome, but Awesome hot shots Tanaka on the top rope and power bombs into the table on the floor. Credible loads up That's Incredible, but Lynn reverses and hits his own tombstone and steals the win to a big pop. A great anchor match. Uh, all four guys are locked in, flying at a fantastic frenetic pace, mixing hard-hitting offense and hardcore brawling seamlessly. We also have the big title uh, table bump at the end for the pop. The chemistry smooth. It sets the stage nicely for Sunday. Awesome as Tanaka have been fantastic additions to this roster, Matt. I went three and a half stars on this match. I'm right there with you, three and a half. Uh, hell of a preview for Heat Wave. Just four guys going out there doing a th doing their thing, not holding back any, which this close to a pay-per-view, it's like that takes some balls, and it's just it's awesome. Uh, pardon the pun. Awesome diving into Tanaka in the crowd. A fucking six-foot eight 300 pound man just flying into the crowd like that is insane mm -hmm. just the way he's able to move around the ring that type of guy with that build just jumping off of shit like that it's it's always fucking impressive to me just the stuff he's able to do in the ring it's crazy he's so good uh yeah just you could tell 
all these guys really have meshed with each other. They've all worked with each other a decent amount. You know, mm-hmm. awesome in Tanaka, credible in Lynn. So I'll I say, mean, especially credible in Lynn, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, nonstop. It's just it was just fantastic. So many great spots. It's just it's a great match. It's a hell of a preview. Uh, definitely seek it out if you've never seen it. It's kind of a hidden gem. I mean, I went three and a half on it. So great stuff, Jenny. Oh God. I fucking love this match. It's definitely a hidden gem. I did three and three quarters. So all the six spots, like just listening to you name them, they were incredible. The chemistry is off the charts uh, for both teams. Um, The uh, commentary, I thought Shane really did a great job uh, in this match. He had a lot of good points and he's like really been seamless uh, throughout all these episodes since he's joined Joey, yeah, um, really added so much to these shows for me, um, having him on commentary. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he points out that Credible is letting, uh, are using Mike Awesome to soften up the guys, which he's totally doing. And, like, it's really good. Like, really awesome tag team stuff. Love that Tornado DDT. We'll always pop for that shit. The table spot. Uh, Jerry Lynn reversing pile drivers. That's that's my shit. I love that shit. Oh God, I love this match. Um, it's it's a lot of pressure. I'm sorry mm-hmm. on Heat Wave right now mm-hmm. in my mind. So look, it was fantastic. All right, well, Joey, Shane, and Francine talk Heat Wave. Shane says this pay per view has officially put DCW on the map as the best for good, and no other company will compete with this show. Shane and Francine will be in the booth to call it alongside Joey. We get various clips from the last few months to hype all the heatway feuds, capped by the final hard sell from Joey, Shane, and Francine. Uh, I thought this was a great go-home show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We had a really good match, a lot of recap, and I thought they did a nice job because sometimes these go-homes for them feel like they're limping to the finish. We talked yeah. about that a lot. Like, it's either heavy yeah. recaps, you know, heavy promo or hype, um, maybe a match too many in the build, but they really found a way to better map out the the distance and there was a big distance between between uh the may pay-per-view and this one right so Mm -hmm. like it was they had a lot of time to fill but they did it well i think part of it is that the beulah feud is so hot Mm -hmm. that they did that early but it was able to still carry eight weeks nine weeks of tv because of how intense it was and you know it's kind of there again we we talked about the last hot feud was last summer going into this pay-per-view around now Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't a pay-per-view yet or you know whatever that time was that they were doing it was um the uh oh was it the pay-per-view what what show was it with um uh hardcore heaven wasn't it yeah hardcore heaven yeah 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 so that was like september right or whatever august september so yeah um yeah so that was right that's when they were building toward it was the ecw wf feud so we're kind of on that track this is like their big summer feud for this year um and it's it's just as red hot if not hotter right now so uh, i thought they did a good job with this go home episode yeah, I, I, this is what I've been waiting for, for them to nail that in between times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way that they've built it. And adding these new guys in here is like, boom, like all of a sudden I feel like everything exploded and we got so much good content splitting up all those little matches, uh, doing the Dudley stuff, you know, like it was perfectly spaced in there to where you're not doing like, these overdosing brawls, you know, so by the time you get there, you're tired of it. So yeah, like it's beautifully done. Like I've really super enjoyed the last like seven episodes of TV Mm -hmm. that we've seen, like going into it. I'm super pumped for heat wave. And, um, I, (laughs) I 
hate to have that pressure on it, but you guys have said it's very highly rated, so I feel like it will deliver for me as well. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the best build. I mean, maybe outside of Barely Legal, it's probably the best build we've seen to a pay-per-view overall when you're factoring in everything that they've been doing. I mean, it's hard to argue with how great it's been. I mean, they're kind of... Maybe since the first one. Right, maybe since Barely Legal, right? But, I mean, they're kind of firing on all cylinders right now with just about everything. And I feel like going into Heat Wave, it feels like as far as like the feuds, what do we have, like six, seven matches on the pay-per-view? It feels like they're kind of taking a less is more approach when it comes to this pay-per-view instead of putting like some filler stuff on it. Like we've seen in some, especially the last two pay-per-views had some filler on it with like FBI and you had some promos. Which we may still get. I mean, we may. Right. Right. You may still. But as far as like announced stuff, you know, it feels like a less is more approach and therefore they're. It's all six matches on there. You're right. It's only six me. matches. That's it. It's only six. Right. They don't. They don't have anything else. So, so it, it feels like they've shifted focus, and all six matches on that show are super important. And right. I think I think that makes sense to me. And it's a less is more approach, and I think it works here. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's get to our awards. Uh, best match. I went with obviously the only match we really had, and that was Tanaka right. Lin versus Awesome Incredible. Yep. yep. Uh, worst match, none. Best moment, and with awesome springboard plancha to the crowd was yep. amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so fucking sick. Uh, most '90s, I went with the table awesome bomb. I mean, it's probably gonna say that a lot, but. Uh, stock rising. Just everyone on here. RVD yeah. has awesome Tanaka Lin, incredible. Yep. Yep. Uh, no stock falling for me on this one, and I went six and a half out of ten for the final grade. It was a very good go-home. We had one really good match, a lot of hype, and we are ready for Heat Wave. Yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of, I think, too hype because I did seven and a half out of ten. No, whatever. You're feeling I mean, it. I, I, went, I went seven on it. So This is the best that. build we've seen. I feel like I need mm-hmm. to reflect right. that in yep. the ratings. All right. All right, we'll be back one, uh, two weeks from today, and we'll mm-hmm. be covering Heat Wave 1998. So, It'll be a hundredth episode, so that's pretty cool. We'll be yeah. covering that, and you know, mem- talk a little memory lane, as Mr. Devon. Memory lane, we'll go <laughs> sir. Oh, Francine's involved. Anyway, uh, be sure to check out everything we have to offer. NorthSouthConnection.com. You can follow us uh, right here on YouTube if you're watching, or on any podcast application as well. All across social media, we're there. And uh, stay extreme. <laughs> stay extreme. We'll talk. <laughs> Say, all his victims feel the pain. Stop, wait, an awesome bomb. You go down and you never come up. Awesome is his name.